This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I'm sorry, I am still in shock after last night's unbelievably incendiary and divisive speech by President Biden, and everybody is talking about it. It is really, to me, probably one of the worst speeches I have ever seen an American president deliver. And I've seen a lot of presidential speeches. I used to be senior correspondent covering the White House and Capitol Hill. Um, I have followed many a president on the campaign trail. And this was supposed to be the unification speech for the country. This was a primetime address to talk about the issue of democracy. And this was from the guy who billed himself as uniter in chief. And to me, he was divider in chief last night. And he was bombastic. He was downright nasty. He was downright incendiary. I, I am still shocked that that was a president of the United States, a sitting president of the United States, who when he was running against President Trump, remember, it was like, oh, look at these terrible mean tweets. Look at these terrible comments. And last night, he basically did a blowtorch on 74 million people who support the MAGA movement. And to me, it was outrageous. I just found it so shameful and so disgusting. And I still can't get over that this president who billed himself as a kinder, gentler president, who said that he was going to be the guy who's going to change the tone in Washington and in America, came out in just a vicious, nasty, I thought un-American slugfest. I couldn't believe that he actually called everybody who supported President Trump. If you're a MAGA supporter... And again, that's like 74 million people on the last election who voted for President Trump. You basically are a threat to the democracy. Not basically. That is what he said. And there's no gray. He 1000 percent said it. It was disgusting. It was shameful. And I thought it was so inappropriate. And to me, I hope that this backfires on this president because clearly he's trying to galvanize his like far left base. And the people who think that MAGA supporters don't deserve to live and breathe. And he's clearly trying to do whatever he can to go after the MAGA supporters. And so for that reason, I just found it disgusting. I thought it was so inappropriate. And I do hope that it does two things. I hope, first of all, I want to know who paid for that speech. And I'm saying it did it. We, the taxpayers, pay for that speech. Or was that a DNC paid speech? Because it looked like uh, a scene out of The Shining with the red lights in the background. And then he had the two Marines standing there guard. And to me, it was just very, very distasteful. 
I thought the Marines sadly were used as props. The like blood red writing was like so dark as he's trying to talk about him being the guy with light. It was like a dictator who was trying to say, oh, come to my side or else. And it was really shameful, I thought, on so many levels. And for him to smear people who care about this country are patriotic with the message of make America great again. I never thought I would live in a country where a sitting president would say the slogan make America great again is basically toxic and inappropriate for this country. And I say shame on him and shame on anybody who supports that speech. It, to me, was downright disgusting, and it was embarrassing, and it was so inappropriate for a president of the United States. And we're going to talk about that tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show. The number to call is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. First off, here is Ellie Mistel. Um, he is a commentator on MSNBC. This guy always is like left of the left of the left. I mean, this guy, you know, is like beyond cuckoo. You know, he makes AOC look like she's, you know, like a, a right wing nut. But anyway, this is how he responded and described the speech last night. Yeah, I don't I don't know who the it's not all Republicans, just MAGA Republicans are for. Like, I'm sure that there are some white supremacists who will vote with white supremacists who don't think they're white supremacists. We're happy that Biden didn't call them a white supremacist. But like, it's not for me. What was for me? And you you mentioned this already, but this is, I think, a a really great bit um, where he says to the heckler. That dude, that man, that person from the other side is entitled to be outraged. Totally. And that, to me, that is the difference yeah. between Biden and Trump. Totally. That is the difference between me and Jenny Thomas. Right. That is the difference between Democrats and Republicans. Because Republicans right now would have that heckler be beaten. Right. They would say that wow. heckler I don't be know beaten. all Republicans, but Donald Trump, Donald Trump certainly, would certainly, certainly say that. has a record for saying Right? And Lindsey Graham would be like, <laughs> okay, boss. Like, that's how they are at this point, right? And so when Biden says that heckler um, is entitled to be outrageous. How can you hear that? Understand what he meant. You heard the whole time he was that guy was yelling into the microphone. How can you hear Biden say that and not understand about the critical difference between both parties? In this yeah, time? it was an interesting moment because it was a sort of um, democracy in action, right? Like literally the definition of a free society is one which you can get a bullhorn and yell at the president. Yeah. Like almost definitionally. I'm speechless. I am rarely speechless. What I just heard from that guy was the biggest bunch of hogwash I have ever heard in my life. I mean, to me, that is unbelievable that if it, first of all, if it was a Trump supporter, he'd be beaten. You know, that Trump supporters are the violent ones. And this is the Democratic Party that never condemned the riots in the summer of 2020. He never condemned the guy who showed up loaded for bear to go after Brett Kavanaugh, a Supreme Court justice. And yet, What, his speech was war and peace? Are you kidding me? Well, it gets a little better because Eugene Robinson, who is a commentator, often you see him on MSNBC as a columnist, he came out and he basically equated Biden's nasty, toxic speech to basically the same moment um, right before the Civil War, uh, the same moment with FDR before World War II. Are you kidding me? Take a listen to this hogwash. The speech last night to me sounded like a president delivering a wartime address. Uh, And and indeed, Joe Biden sees this as 
as he said, a battle for the soul of the country. It's a battle for the preservation of our democracy. Uh, and to me, the significant thing was that he, he yes, he called out Donald Trump, uh, but he also called out the MAGA Republicans, the, the, the mm -hmm. MAGA uh, Republican officials uh, and followers uh, who, you know, for whatever motive, um, under whatever delusion, uh, are going down this this authoritarian path, this undemocratic path, and trying to take the nation with them. Uh, and he's he framed this as an emergency, um, as yeah. as something that we as a nation need to bond together to stop uh, and to reverse and to to return to uh, to our democratic principles and our democratic practices uh and it to me it was it was it was an urgent wartime address um it was a war speech but for a very different reason because he basically declared war on every single mega republican i have literally seen hundreds of presidential speeches many of them in person i have never in my life seen a more divisive more disgusting speech where he smeared tens of millions of opponents. And if you don't like somebody what they, you know, they don't believe in your policy, whether it's on Roe v. Wade or they don't believe in your policy on student loan debts, to say that they're basically un-American and not welcome in this country, that's what he said last night. I have never, it's different if you go after an opponent. That's, by the way, a political speech, and that should be paid for by the DNC. That's why I'm asking who paid for it last night. Because if we, the taxpayers paid for what was 20 minutes of political spew and the most toxic, divisive political speech I've ever heard, we need to get our money back. They need to send that bill to the DNC because the White House billed it like it was going to be this national kumbaya speech, and it was far from that. And, yeah, I think he did, sadly, almost declare war, essentially, on MAGA supporters. And I'm not the only one who saw it that way. This is Sean Duffy, former congressman, and he was on Fox earlier today, and this is how he saw it. You know, this is flag, faith, freedom. That's what uh, MAGA Republicans believe in. And I've met thousands of them. I've been to Trump rallies. Some of the best people you meet in this country, nonviolent, friendly, happy, pro-American people. And this was a grossly, you know, political event that was uh, billed as an official event, which is just, I mean, sick all the way around and, and to the point of the Marine standing behind him, yep. this eerie red <laughs> backdrop. Um he, I mean, uh, he looked like the villain, but he, this is what's happening here. I mean, you you have Joe Biden classifying 74 million Americans as extremists, as fascists. When you have extremists, fascists, terrorists that are half of America, you have to use every resource available to take them out, whether it's the government, big tech, media, intelligence, mm -hmm. law enforcement. They need to be rooted out of this society. And so Joe Biden is, I think, setting the stage for a war against half of America, because if you want to fundamentally transform America, you can't have 74 million people standing in your way. And I think this is this is the predicate to making sure they have the backdrop to go after every single Trump supporter. That is stunning. And that's what he used. He said they are a threat to democracy. I mean, that kind of goes right up there with some of the worst speeches that I can remember in history. I'm not going to say the names of them, but you know who I'm talking about. I mean, there are some horrible, horrible speeches where they've said, oh, they're a threat to the republic. They're a threat to the this. And that's exactly what President Biden did last night. I thought it was unseemly. I thought it was unpresidential. And I thought it was downright 
un-American. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to George in Tom's River on line three. George, your thoughts about it? <laughs> Thank you for letting me through your call, Screener. Um, you're hard to get through to. You're very popular there, Miss Rita. Um, it's, it's called a hot show. I have the best listeners uh, anywhere, George, and you're included, obviously. And and Dominic too. The same thing. I got through yes. to him last week, and I, it's it's so good to get through. The call screeners are very generous, and I appreciate that. They're um, the best. They're the best. <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple of scriptural passages, which I think may pertain here, in Proverbs. In chapter 27, verse 29, or 22, I'm sorry, though you grind a fool in a mortar, like grinding grain in a pestle, you will never remove his folly from him. So you're not going to change these people. I don't, I, I, you, I spoke to your call screener and I said, you're, um, you know, you were so upset and I understand you're being upset with it, but you're not going to change these people because they are completely, they're ruined. And that's the way they're going to think, and they're not going to stop thinking. So what we have to do is stop pounding on them and start strengthening our own side. One th- and, and by the way, and the other thing, George, too, get out to vote. You know, like to me, there should be no reason why anybody is sitting home on November 8th, you know, on the midterms, because that decides what side Congress is going to go. You know, is it going to flip to the Republicans, or the House, the Senate, or both? And, you know, anybody who I hear who complains after November 8th but doesn't get out and vote, shame on them. Well, yeah, that's it. And, you know, and what we really need is we need total Republican support. And I'm going to read one more passage from Revelation, which explains what I'm trying to say here. And it's at the seventh church in Laodicea, where God is displeased with people because he said, you're neither hot nor cold, you're lukewarm, and I'm about to vomit you from my mouth. In other words, if you're going to be a Republican, then you have to stand with us. You can't be standing with the other side, or you can't have, you know, riding between the subway cars with one foot on each platform. You can't do that. You've got to get in one, you know, I have more respect for a solid Democrat than I do for a Republican who's a turncoat. I have to say that. I well, and, you know, and by I, the way, speaking of turncoats, Liz Cheney, you know, I mean, my gosh, I, I always call it the Democratic January 6th committee and the pseudo Democrats like Liz Cheney because, you know, it's like, but, but you're right. If anything, has it galvanized you more and other folks who are MAGA supporters, George? Yes, the thing, that's exactly right. See, you have to be, you know, if you take a drink of something, either, you know, in the hot weather, you like something cold, in the cold weather, you like something nice and hot. All right. Nothing is good at room temperature. And this is what these people are. They're neither hot nor cold. So they're about to be vomited from the mouth of God, because this is the problem. Our biggest problems are the 20 or so Republicans who are working against us. They, that's your big problem. That's the real decay in the tooth. Although, although, concerned. but you know, what's interesting, George, um, what's fascinating is that if you look at some of the recent races around the country, uh, those who are MAGA candidates and endorsed by Trump, because some of them have like two MAGA candidates in some of the races, but the ones that have been MAGA and endorsed by Trump, I mean, he's got an amazing track record. It's like 95 or 96 percent batting average, you know, if, if not even better. Um, and so clearly um, those folks that are not on board with his policies um, have not been doing well. And I and you can see it in the midterms. You could see it within the party. You could see it within the party leadership. Like Kevin McCarthy clearly is on board with President Trump. I'm not sure about Mitch McConnell. That's a whole other story. 
Um, but most of them are. So, um, I think because it's a minority amount, just as you talked about, um, I think it's really Trump's to lose. Despite all of this, despite the raid, despite, um, everything else that's happening to him and despite, you know, Biden going after him. To me, it just shows that Biden's worried about Trump. I mean, that's why I think he's going after him. I mean, it's clearly he is so worried about President Trump and anybody who supports President Trump because he sees what we see. By the way, tomorrow night, President Trump is going to have a rally and he's going to be in Pennsylvania where Biden was yesterday. Boy. Um, and so hopefully there won't be red lights there behind him like that. I, I would assume it'll be more red, white and blue and more cheerful uh, than what we saw last night. But. Um, President Trump um, gets these huge crowds still, you know, despite all the stuff with the raid. And in fact, if you look at the polls, people are saying the raid was over heavy handed and over the top. And he's doing better in the polls since the raid. So Biden sees that he knows it. And that's what I think this is about. I think it's a desperate man willing to do anything to try to keep his power and his party's power and is willing to smear millions of people along the way, which is what he did last night. Uh, George, thanks so much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And it's appropriate that it's aha uh-huh, doing take on me. Aha. Uh-huh. It's like uh uh-uh, after I heard the speech last night by President Biden. one 848 Let's go to Steve in Phoenix, Arizona. Steve Line Five, your thoughts about it. Hey, good evening, Rita. Hey, um I live in New Zealand ten months of the year, um, because of the work that I do for a pharmaceutical company. I cannot believe what this country has become. And listening to the speech on Thursday, I'm I'm embarrassed to say that I'm an American. I mean, this guy is supposed to represent the entire population of the U.S. The guy is is an he's a moron. He's got either dementia or he doesn't know what he's reading. Um, I was also surprised that none of that none of the uh, large television networks even carry the speech do you think that they knew something about it ahead of time and didn't want to infuriate more more people or not because the only one who showed that speech was really um um cnn CNN. yep and msnbc had it too you know what's interesting steve i actually think the opposite i think they didn't think it was going to be anything really knock your socks off it was a knock your socks off but for a different reason um but I actually think that the way the White House was billing it, Steve, earlier in the day was like, no, this won't be a political speech. This is going to be a, you know, a feel good uh, speech about the democracy and how important democracy is. 
And I think they sort of thought, ah, that just sounds like, you know, like a nice speech, but nothing like major newsy or major fireworky or whatever. And I think they thought, eh, not really worth it. It just sounds like one another one of his speeches. Little did they know, um, you know, we were going to see like uh, every single gremlin in Biden come out in a 20-minute period. You know, I think had they known, I think they would have covered it. Um, and, you know, and it's interesting. First of all, I am totally jealous that you spend 10 months in New Zealand because I, that's on my bucket list. I've been to many countries. I've not been to New Zealand yet. But I guess from your perspective, how does the rest of the world look at Biden? Well, I'm curious. I, I, I can tell you what, what's going on in um, New, New Zealand. I live in a, a town called Napier, which is south of Auckland, about four hours um, south. Jacinda Arden, who's, who's the PM, loves Biden. And what's got the people afraid of New Zealand is what the Chinese are doing off the coast of the Philippines. Um, they're building islands. And... Um, the people are concerned. Uh, you know, New Zealand is tied into the U.S. and to, with um, um, uh, Australia in the Pacific. Uh, no, absolutely. Line. And you're right about your um, prime minister. You're right that she's very similar um, in many ways, her philosophy to President Biden. Um, so I'm going to keep you in our prayers over there, too. Boy, hopefully she doesn't give the kind of speech that we just heard last night. My goodness. When we come back, everybody, we're going to continue with your calls Getting reaction about one of the most blistering speeches, I think, in American history. President Biden did it last night, and we're going to do our Back the Blue. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement and also their families. A shout out to those on the force in Beaverton, Oregon, where a police officer disregarded his own safety, put his own life on the line to rescue a driver trapped inside a vehicle that was totally engulfed in flames after a rollover crash. That happened just after 2.30 in the morning this week. Officers and deputies with the Washington County Sheriff's Office responded and found a vehicle on its side and on fire. The vehicle's lone occupant, a 34-year-old man, was still trapped inside. And so a Beaverton police officer approached the burning vehicle. He broke the sunroof, and then he told the man to crawl from the vehicle because there were explosions forcing the officer to keep his distance. It was engulfed in flames. Well, the driver was unresponsive, and the officer immediately decided to run to the engulfed vehicle, and he pulled the victim out of the flames to safety. Incredible. Due to the brave actions of this officer, the department said that the driver sustained, get this, only non-life-threatening injuries and fairly minor injuries. That is incredible. And the department further said, that this is a great example of how police put their own lives on the line to keep the public safe. And that's why I love what our great men and women in uniform do every single day to keep all of us safe and to protect each and every one of us. Well, I will tell you, uh, we're talking about Biden's speech last night. It is astounding. And I'm still my jaws drop because it just was so shocking and so over the top and so vitriolic and nasty, especially for someone who bid himself as the uniter and chief. This is a little sample of what President Biden said 
last night uh, that has everybody spinning today. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, together we can choose a different path. We can choose a better path forward to the future. A future of possibility, a future to build and dream and hope. And we're on that path moving ahead. I know this nation. I know you, the American people. I know your courage. I know your hearts. And I know our history. This is a nation that honors our Constitution. We do not reject it. So if you are a MAGA supporter, you don't belong in America, you reject our Constitution, and you basically don't deserve to be here. I mean, to me, that was one of the most repulsive. I think it's worse than Hillary Clinton's basket of deplorables. Remember that big statement when she said it and everybody went, oh, my God, how horrible that she lumped, you know, Trump supporters as a basket of deplorables in a private speech. And here he's in a public primetime address hoping every network's going to cover it. And he is just blasting and saying the most smearing and, you know, bashing words about anybody who's ever supported MAGA. And to me, I find it downright distasteful and downright outrageous for an American president. You would expect that from like some nasty, you know, campaign speech. Even there, I would still say, God, that person is over the top. But for somebody who is supposed to be the American president... He's supposed to be the president of all of us, even if he doesn't agree with everybody's philosophies or views. This, to me, was just partisan and sickening. And here's a little bit more. This was one of the worst things I think he said to cap off his speech. No matter what the white supremacists and the extremists say, I made a bet on you, the American people, and that bet is paying off, proving that from darkness, the darkness of Charlottesville, of COVID, of gun violence, of insurrection, We can see the light. Light is now visible. Light that will guide us forward. Not only in words, but in actions. Actions for you, for your children, for your grandchildren, for America. Even in this moment, with all the challenges we face, I give you my word as a Biden, I've never been more optimistic about America's future. Not because of me, but because of who you are. Because you're going to basically... Put them in the gutter because that's the way I see America. To me, it was shocking and downright disgusting. And here is what Judge Jeanine Pirro had to say about Biden's primetime address. I can't make a joke out of this. This is a man who is dividing his nation and galvanizing people on the left to hate people on the right. It was divisive. It was ominous. There was a blood red background. He stood in darkness claiming that he stands for light with military behind him. He demonized half of Americans. And I don't care what he says today. He said yesterday, Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans, that 74 million of Americans that he's supposed to be representing, threatened their very way of life. Baloney. You don't have a right to say that, Mr. President. You took an oath to represent all of us. And just because people have a different opinion about right to life, abortion, law and order, a secure border, you can't just say, 
you're disgusting, you're semi-fascist, and ergo, I'm going to, uh, you don't, you don't represent what's great about America. You compare us to the likes of Hitler and Mussolini, and then you try to gin up the Americans to say that we are less than human and deserving of the same result, ultimately, that they are? What makes Joe Biden think he speaks for the soul of America? I agree with her. You know, I really do. I find it disgusting that either you're an American who loves democracy or you're vile and you're a MAGA who fights against the soul of the republic. That's what he said. If you are a MAGA supporter, you are a threat to the republic. That's basically a direct quote. That is shameful. Here's a little bit more of Judge Janine. What makes him think in the middle of this political diatribe that that he speaks for the rule of law or the Constitution alone? Hillary Clinton said Donald Trump was an illegitimate president put in by the Russians. Stacey Abrams said that that election was stolen from her. Hey, leave my governor the, alone now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, but, but what we've got is, look, politics is one thing. I get it. I ran for office five times. People call me names. I probably called them names. So it goes. <laughs> but you don't demonize hardworking Americans who simply want to survive and want to hear about inflation, gas prices, and crime. They don't want to hear about this nonsense if he's drawing a line saying, we're good and you are bad. That is absolutely, I think, spot on. He clearly made a delineation between Americans and those who don't deserve to be in Joe Biden's America. And that saddens me because I still, even though I don't like his policies on a lot of things, you still want to believe that he is all of our president. Because he is there and you want him to have the best for everybody in this country. Now, the question is, do you think this is going to help him in the midterms? Do you think this is going to fire up his base? Or do you think this could backfire? Do you think people are going to be so repulsed by what he said or so angry that they're going to go to the polls? You just heard from some of the callers. Some of you guys were saying, yeah, you're going to make sure you get to the polls in November because... You can't believe the rhetoric that you just heard from this president. At least it's transparent. You know, at least you know now what he says. Imagine what he says behind closed doors if this is what he says at a primetime address. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert on line five in Philly. Go ahead, Robert. It's good to talk to you, Rita. If you'll indulge me for 20 seconds, I'll blow this out of the water. You know what, Robert? Robert, because I love you, I'm going to give you 21 seconds, but go ahead. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, I hear these I hear these lefties talk, calling Trump authoritarian, and some of you more idiotic callers like Stan and Teddy say he lies and he commits crimes, okay? Joe Biden. He was the one with the mandates that cost people millions of jobs. He was the one that wants to force people to do things a certain way or you don't count anymore. He's the one that wants to cancel people that disagree with him. And they say that he lies. He's the one that said, I had no contact with Hunter's business people. He's the one who said, take the vaccine, it'll work. He's the one who said there was no inflation in July and the immigrants won't be here long. They say Trump's a criminal. He's the one that sold influence to China and to Libya and to Russia, our enemies. He's the one that made millions of dollars committing corruption, bragged about it on tape. Now, next time Stan and Teddy call and try to uh, say that Trump is any one of those things, please ask them for an example because they never provide one. And now I feel better and I'm going to enjoy my weekend and I hope you and your listeners do as well, my dear.
All right. You had quite a bit there, Robert. Now, let me ask you my question, Robert, too. Do you believe that other people see it your way? And do you also believe that this will uh, galvanize uh, folks like you who support uh, Donald Trump um, to get out there? At least he's not on the ticket in November, but many of his candidates are. Well, I'm already galvanized, but I am. But I don't think it's going to backfire. I know three people who would never vote for Trump, young people in the 2020, now say that they will never vote Democrat. And these, one of them was a radical Democrat before the election. And Biden is opening their eyes. He's creating a generation of young Republicans, and he's too demented to see it. Let them go, okay? I, I, I don't take it personally. I feel like I just got called a thief by Bernie Madoff. You know what I mean? Well, and, and basically, by the way, I found it outrageous for a guy who, to me, I use the word hypocrite. Um, and I, I, I said this, Robert. I mean, I always tell you guys what I think. I found his speech just stunning and so shocking for an American president. I almost can't, I can't really remember a speech like that from an American president that was billed as like a, you know, a call to democracy and how much we love our country and a kumbaya speech. If that's a kumbaya, my goodness, we're in trouble. Um, and for me, I also just think that people watching it go, wait a minute, this isn't the guy who voted for I have friends who voted for him. Um, I've never told anyone, by the way, who I've ever voted for ever in my entire life, and I'm never going to. But I will tell you, I have people who voted for Joe Biden in 2020. And many of my friends who I know voted for him said, you know, oh, God, I thought things would be calmer. I liked his message of unity. I like this. And uh, I spoke to two of them today. They were disgusted. They were like, I would never vote for that guy again. He sold us a bill of goods. And that, to me, um, I think he did do an immense amount of damage to those people and the people that you're talking about, too, Robert. Thank you very much, Robert. Great to talk to you. Thank you very much. And by the way, speaking of which, we have Teddy here on the line. Teddy, uh, you just heard from Robert. Robert was uh, criticizing you and Stan, so I'm going to give you a chance to respond. Ted, but keep it, keep it. It's Friday night. Keep it PG, okay? Go ahead. Okay, but uh, Rita, you always say to me that I insult other, your callers, but you don't respond to the people who insult Stan. Oh, and I do, Teddy. Calm down a second. You're you're getting a little heated on a Friday night. I often do, and Stan knows that too. Um, you call and Stan calls. And by the way, I'm always happy to take your calls because I tell everybody this is like one big great town hall. And I love hearing from everybody. But I, I do. I do say it. I'm, I'm not going to spend every five seconds. I just let him speak. And I knew that you were coming up. So I'm going to give you a chance to to respond and also just to talk and state your opinion on the speech, too. I, I That's why I took your call, Ted. I respect you, too. So go ahead, Ted. Okay. Let me make a couple of points. It is reckless that Trump said that there will be violence in the streets and Lindsey Graham said the same thing and you didn't say anything. All right, Teddy, hang on one second. Actually, I did say something because somebody else brought it up. I actually think your friend Stan brought it up a couple nights ago about what Lindsey Graham said. And I've known Lindsey Graham. I went to University of South Carolina, so I go way back with Lindsey Graham. But I did not like when he said uh, there'll be riots in the streets. 
I didn't think that was appropriate. I don't think he meant it. The next day he did come out and clarify, and he, he said he meant it more as a figure of speech, not by any means calling for riots. So I'll give him at least credit that he came back the next day and said that, you know, he didn't mean it that way. He just meant that people will be upset. I thought at least that was good. I quite frankly, Ted, and I want to hear your response to this. I really wish there were people like Kamala Harris and like Nancy Pelosi and even Biden at the height of all those protests that were happening in the summer of 2020. Where were they condemning it? They weren't condemning it. They were like, you know, in fact, Nancy Pelosi said protests. They should be out there doing more protests, you know, and and Kamala Harris was donating to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which was bailing out the protesters. And they were not protesters. They were rioters. They were like, you know, they they killed. We had Dan Dorn on the show the other night. Her husband, David Dorn, was killed during the riots, you know. So I, I have a problem when they're pointing the finger, making it sound like it's like, if you're a Trump supporter, you're violent, but we're Mary Poppins. I mean, come on, give me a break, Ted. I love the speech by Biden. I loved the speech. You hear that, Rob? I love the speech. Hey, Rob, what do you think about the retired cop who got sentenced today for the January 6th of violence 10 years? Now, what did, what did you, you're talking to Rob, who just obviously called from Philly, but let me ask you, Ted, what did you like about this speech? What, because I thought it was very dark. What does that mean? Dark, dark means, uh, like dreary. I thought it was nasty. I thought it was very, um, he billed it as it was going to be a speech about, you know, the country, democracy, positive. I, I didn't hear a positive speech there. I heard a very, my way or the highway. And, and I, I don't like the idea, Teddy. And I would say this no matter who I, I've even said, like when I saw some of Trump's speech tweets, I didn't like some of the tweets. You know, I didn't think they were appropriate. I don't think you need to do that. I like my presidents to be fairly presidential. And I found in this case, his speech last night was so smearing and so nasty to people that didn't agree, that don't agree with him. Like uh, he considers political adversaries basically uh, not worthy of being in America. And he essentially said that, Teddy. And I don't think that's right for any American president. Go ahead. He was speaking of the MAGA Republicans, the ones who deny the truth, who who re- represent people who feels that the election is a is a fraud and it's a lie. And that's who he's condemning, okay, Rita? See, but you know who that is, Teddy? That's 74 million people who voted for President Trump last time. You're talking tens of millions of people. And if you want to start playing the, like, you know, election, you know, questioning game, Hillary Clinton said that, you know, she felt the election was stolen from her. Stacey Abrams... Uh, who's running again in Georgia, still thinks she's the governor of Georgia. She lost last time, but she told everybody the election was stolen from her. I mean, those are two, those are just two right off the top of their heads. I mean, there were people right after President Trump got elected in 2016, there were a lot of people who didn't attend his inauguration because they felt he was illegitimately elected. So, I mean, how is that rhetoric? Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, you can't, you know, you can't start calling people. I'm not saying you, but I'm saying, Biden, you can't start calling people names and then not look in the mirror. You know, I mean, it's, it's like he's he has like a amnesia about what happened in the summer of 2020, like as if the only, you know, time that there ever was violence or, or even a word of violence. I mean, I could have like, you know, held my uh, cell phone out of New York City and you would have heard, you know, beat the blank. and would've, It would have been 20 times worse than anything, you know, Lindsey Graham said the other night. 
think of what Judge Napolitano said that on on Fox he is good. Trump is going to be indicted, and same and the same thing with uh, Paul uh, Rove. Carl Rove said the same thing, and Attorney General Barr said it was totally reckless that Trump would declassify all of the documents. It's crazy, he said. Yeah, no, I heard that by the way, and I I heard the Barr statement. Um, I didn't hear the Rove, but I know I'm not surprised that Carl would say that. And by the way, a number of other people say that he might be indicted. Um, but that doesn't mean you might, you know, not you, clearly, Teddy, but a lot of other people might not be voting uh, for a president who's indicted at the time or a candidate who's indicted at the time, a former president. Um, you know, in fact, Dick Morris, uh, I remember him saying to me last week that many Americans may be voting for a candidate that's an indicted President Trump. You can indict a ham sandwich. You take it to D.C., they'll walk in and go, okay, don't even show us the case. It's Trump. He's indicted. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can easily indict. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, the facts are going to bear out in the case. And, you know, you're on a lot of tangents here, Teddy, but I did like hearing your call, but I want to be fair to everybody, and I appreciate your call, and you have a great weekend, Ted. You too. Thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. So I'm trying to decide if I should dedicate this song to Teddy, who just called, or to my next caller, Stan on line seven. Stan, how are you? Stan, are you there? Where's Stan? Stan, I don't hear Stan. We got to get, I saw Stan on the line. All right, Stan's going to hopefully call back. But I was trying to dedicate a sugar pie honey bun to him. I thought on Friday night, full of love, that would have been a good thing. Do we have Stan? I don't think we have him. Stan, call us back. We're having some trouble with the connection. Call us back. Um, but let's go to, let's go to Maria on line one. Maria, your thoughts about it as we wait for Stan and others, too. Go ahead, Maria. We've got a lot of calls. Thank you. Hello, Rita. Thank you so much for taking my call this evening. My pleasure. What did you think of the speech? Oh, Rita. That's I shouldn't say it all. I thought it was an abomination to anyone who has supported uh, a secure border, um, uh, safe cities, um, a capitalistic society, um, I thought it was absolutely dreadful, and I'm still reeling from it, shall I say. Yeah, me too, by the way. Me too. Like, I felt like it was like, uh, just shocking on, on so many levels, Maria. I'm with you. I felt it was just so inappropriate and so over the top. Thank you so much for the call. Let's go to James, line seven. James, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. This is, I just first want to say how wonderful I think you are. You're just, you're, you're so great. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, there's a lot to talk about these days. My gosh. Oh my God. Yes, definitely. I would just like to, if I could be quick, um, I'd just like to comment about Teddy. I'd like to encourage him to keep calling up because uh, it really does shine a light on the type of people that uh, we're up against here. And the more we hear them, I think the better off we are. So thank you for doing this, for making sure we all hear him. Thank you, Teddy, for continuing to do what you do. 
that beautiful. There's a there's a bit of kumbaya there. I like that. I like that. And you know what? You know what's interesting with uh, I appreciate and you know this, James, that I love hearing from everybody. You know, I appreciate. I may not agree clearly uh, with what a number of people say, but I always love hearing from them and hearing their thoughts because to me, I think it is so important that we hear from everybody. And when we come back, we're going to continue taking your calls about this. We'll also talk about some new updates on the raid that is taking place. Of course, the one that happened on Mar-a-Lago and some of the documents that have now been exposed that the FBI says were inside. And what does it mean? While we're still waiting on a special master or not, it looks like that is coming. That and a lot more on the Rita Cosby Show. Stick with us here on a great Friday night, everybody. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are waiting to see if a special master will be assigned to the Trump raid case. And I don't understand why there shouldn't be a neutral arbiter, basically, who's going to oversee the documents. And by the way, I would think that the Department of Justice would say, yeah, this is a good idea because they certainly have come under a lot of heat for why did they go in with the raid suddenly? Why didn't they try to negotiate and do some more things or take it in a civil court as opposed to a criminal court? I still don't understand a lot of aspects to this just on what we've seen so far. But they are now fighting tooth and nail not to have this independent party that the Trump team wants to be the ones who are like separating the documents. I contend the Trump team should have done this filing weeks ago. It should have been like while they were raiding his place in Mar-a-Lago, one of the attorneys should have called up and said, we're asking for a special master right now. I don't know why they waited two or three weeks because the DOJ has already gone through most of the documents. But I think it's important to be able to trust that what they have seen and what they are keeping is not attorney-client privilege, that it's done above board. So not just does the former president have faith in the process or at least feel better about the process, but also the American public, because it's a historic move to go in and raid a former president's home. And so I don't understand what the holdup is, and we're going to talk about this later on in the hour, because clearly uh, it looked like the judge in that particular case, and you know, specifically, seemed like she was very much inclined to be able to grant a special master. Because if you listen to the hearing that was taking place this week, she said, you know what, I don't understand what would be the holdup. And DOJ said, well, part of the delay could be that it would hold up our investigation and any criminal proceedings. What, are you so, like, anxious to, like, go after a former president of the United States? You can't wait for a few more weeks? I mean, to me, that actually sounded to me so politically charged by them. And I think, if anything, if I were the judge, and again, I'm not, but I wish I was, if I was, I would say would absolutely have an impartial special master who can look through all the documents so everybody feels better about the process. And then also, if you're DOJ, it also gives you backing. Hey, listen, the special master agreed or didn't agree or whatever the case is that she comes up with. But it was interesting because a little bit ago, Bill Barr, um, who, of course, was the uh, former attorney general under President Trump. Uh, well, he was kind of going after a little bit this issue of a special master. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. Take a listen. 
I think the, the whole idea of a special master is a bit of a red herring. Uh, the only documents that have been taken, it seems to me, that there's a legitimate uh, concern about keeping away from the government and insulating the government from would be documents relating to his private lawyer communications, him as an individual and his outside lawyers. If there's stuff like that, fine, identify it. it there doesn't appear to be much of it. I'm not sure you need a special master to identify it. But what people are missing is that all the other documents taken, even if they claim to be executive privilege, either belong to the government because they're government records, even if they're classified, even if they're uh, subject to executive privilege, they still belong to the government and go to the archives. And any other documents that were seized, like news clippings and other things that were in the boxes containing the classified uh, information, those were seizable under the warrant because they show the conditions under which the classified information was being held. So I think it's a red herring. Uh, I think it would, you know, at this stage, since they've already gone through the documents, I think it's a waste of time. But the former FBI assistant director, Chris Schwecker, says... Why not have a special master? What's the harm? They should have no reason to object to this. I mean, just in the per- to, to create the perception of fairness here, because right now we have the, the, you know, the fox watching the hen house. And, uh, the, you know, public perception to me and the confidence in, in the DOJ and the FBI is, is waning. And this would go a long ways or at least a, a, some ways towards at least giving the perception that there, this is not a partisan political witch hunt, if you will. And we're going to be talking about that later on in the hour to get your take on what do you think? Do you think that a special master should be assigned? I'm actually surprised she didn't rule uh, because there was a hearing, as we know, yesterday, and we were sort of all wondering, okay, is she going to come right out? Because she was hearing from both sides. She's supposed to put out a statement, the judge down there, the federal judge in Florida, Potentially in the next few days, everybody's waiting. Everybody thought it might come yesterday and then we're waiting today. Let's see what she does. But I do think uh, she's inclined to do a special master. And I think it looks really bad for the Department of Justice that they're fighting this. Why would you fight it? If there's nothing to hide, you did everything above board. Why fight it? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, speaking of partisan, we are still talking about President Biden's unbelievably partisan and divisive speech last night. Uh, I bill it as one of the most divisive speeches I've ever heard from an American president, probably the most that I've ever personally heard. Um, I found it just repulsive, and I found it so over the top. And this is the way that he smeared consistently for 20 minutes or so uh, all MAGA Republicans in this United States, basically saying you're not a part of the America that he sees. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger at the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots. 
and they see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election as preparation for the 2022 and 2024 elections. They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. That's why respected conservatives like Federal Circuit Court Judge Michael Ludwig has called Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans, quote, a clear and present danger to our democracy. Now, here's where I started laughing last night. I didn't find a lot of laughter, but this was the moment when he named that guy because Michael Ludwig was the guy that they used in the hearing, the January 6th hearing. And he was the guy who was like rambling, 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 but was clearly anti-Trump. So it's like the only person you can find is the person that you put before January 6th. Like, I mean, there's probably other people I'm sure he could have used, but it was like he's using like the same name. It's like, I know one person who said this, you know, I mean, it was like, you're going to use that guy. Oh, my goodness. But here is a little bit more of President Biden basically saying, if you are a MAGA supporter, you don't support the republic. You don't deserve in his America. America's often made the greatest progress coming out of some of our darkest moments, like you're hearing that bullhorn. I believe we can and must do that again. And we are. MAGA Republicans look at America and see carnage and darkness and despair. They spread fear and lies, lies told for profit and power. But I see a different America. An America with an unlimited future. Yeah, I see an America without the 74 million people who supported President Trump because they're not part of my America. That's basically what he said last night, and I found it just so distasteful. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Pete in Staten Island, line three. Pete, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I love the way you handled Teddy. I mean, you did it so professionally. I mean, let him speak is what he had to say, even though I disagree with everything he says and he gets so angry. And you know what? He has a right to say what he says, and I have a right to say what I say. I believe the opposite of him and Stan, except for the thing with Stan about the uh, congestive uh, driving thing, the thing where they want to charge like $23 to people. They're going to kill the cab drivers, Uber drivers, truck drivers, all the expenses. Yeah, that's, by the way, that is a, that's a huge issue, of course, where they're trying to charge. It's like anywhere from like five to 20 something dollars, uh, to come into certain parts of the city. Um, that's, a, that is a huge, huge issue. I, I totally hear you. Now, what did you think on Biden, Pete? Well, with Biden, I mean, the stuff that he rambled, I don't think Teddy heard the same thing I heard. This thing, he sounded like uh, Daffy Duck. I mean, really, I, I'm not even knocking him in. I, gotta, I respect the office of president. He's the president. I have to go by him. I disagree with everything that he's doing. He's killing us. He's making us suck. I'm at a good point in my life. I have pensions coming. I've got a lot of jobs. I did. But not everybody around me. Everybody around me is hurting. And I, and I, I cry for them. Because it's it's horrible. I mean, they can't afford to buy eggs. I mean, it's horrible what's going on. Well, you know what's interesting, Pete? Last night, and as he was talking about all these things, do you realize, I mean, he's not talking about the border. He's not talking about inflation, the economy like you're talking about. He's not talking about crime. 
He's talk all he's talking about is his political opponent and the person he sees as the biggest threat uh, for him to keep the White House. And that's President Trump. I mean, it's so clear. It's like, you know, it's like, wait, people are spending so much more money when they go to the gas station or when they're buying food. Um, and now people are worried about like in especially, you know, in New York area coming in and maybe having to pay more for congestion pricing. Like it's like, let's tack another fee on. I mean, there are so many things right now where people are just stretched so thin. And yet he's talking about smearing someone because they don't believe the same things he does. Uh, I find it just disgusting. And I also think um, you're hitting a great point because he's not talking about what's affecting Americans every single day. I mean, maybe part of this is just a great distraction, Pete. The smartest man is John Caspatini's on oil. Now, what nobody's saying, John said it one day. By the way, I agree with you, but I I disagree with just on oil because he's the smartest on everything. But go ahead. (laughs) Right. No, but you see the oil, they have something called the summer oil, you know, the gas. Now, it's cheaper. So right now, the price went down about 40 to 60 cents. I'm in Jersey right now. It's down pretty good. All right. It always goes down like 60 cents around the summer, around Labor Day and everything. So that's where prices are coming down. Uh, Biden's taking credit for this. He says, oh, I'm bringing the price of uh, gasoline down. That's false. And oil, it's false. It's It's false. And you know the other thing, too, Pete, as you're talking about all this, you know, one of the things that John Katzmatiz was saying earlier in the week, um, I remember him saying that basically, guess what? There's a solution that would solve all the inflation issues, and it's open up the spigots in America. I mean, it's a pretty simple solution. Open up the spigots. The price would come down. Not only would it help us, but it would help so many of our allies overseas who are heading into, you know, going to be another cold winter and they're worried what they're going to do um, because so many of them still rely on some Russian oil. And so they're trying to figure out where they're going to find it from. And guess what? We cut off supply. Not me and you, but Biden did. That was what he did on day one when he canceled the Keystone Pipeline. I mean, there was a simple, easy solution and and actually, that was the one thing. I, I mean, John says so many things that are sort of like so clear. And that was such a like, I thought, like such a brilliant statement, like open up the spigots. And that's what everybody in America should be saying is open up the spigots. Stop with this green energy nonsense short term, especially right now. This is not the time to do it. Um, Americans are hurting. And why wouldn't you do whatever you know you can to help? Not only America, but help our allies. I mean, he's put us in a dangerous and a terrible economic situation, President Biden. And he's also endangering so many of our great allies across America, across the world that are worried. Um, and so there's a simple solution. And yet he doesn't want to do it. In fact, he talked about last night, though, the only thing he basically said, other than I hate MAGA and you guys all don't deserve to be in America for like, you know, 21 minutes, the other 30 seconds, he said, oh, and we're talking about green energy. I was like, are you, you're kidding me. Like, like, he's like, I hate MAGA and let's buy a windmill. That really helps us right now. 1-800-848-9222, We're going to continue with your calls on this and also the latest on waiting for a special master as well in the Trump raid case. That and more after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And a little dancing queen from ABBA from Sweden. By the way, you guys know I'm half Polish. The other half is Danish and Norwegian. 
So I'm very close to ABBA. I get it. And this is my tribute song to Stan because Stan has called back. We had a love song before. This is Dancing Queen, so that's appropriate, right? 1-800-848-9222. Stan, see, I'm dedicating songs to you. This is how near and dear you are to my heart. I love Danish. Let's go and eat one. Hey, there you go at McDonald's, right? A cheese Danish, a cheese or apple Danish. Dominic and me, we'll go eat Danish. We're ready. We are ready. That would be a fun breakfast. Let's get to it. Okay, let's get to it. (laughs) Okay. Dad, I love you. You're great. Go ahead. Let's get to it. I like Danish, too. That's even more. I like food. Anyway, but here's the point. Uh, I would not have mentioned John Casamitidis on this program. Why would you not mention John Katsimatidis on this program? Uh, because he, uh, he, it, with all respect to Mr. Katsimatidis, he contributes a lot to a lot of things. But of course he wants to open up more spigots. He's a processor of oil. The more he processes, the more he makes. Well, Stan, Let's get real and here. Stan, I'm not going to like debate you know, the, the whole oil issue here tonight because I want to talk about Biden. But I will just simply say... He is somebody who also deeply cares about this country and cares of what's best for this country and the mission of this country. And I think if he felt it was counterproductive to the country, he wouldn't say that. So that's just someone who has known him a long time. There is no doubt in my mind. He is a great American who puts America first and wants what's best for the country. But but now let's get back to Biden. OK, go ahead. Right. Uh, first of all, Rita, uh I hear you had a religious gentleman on earlier who was croning the Bible. I didn't know you. I don't know you're getting Bible beating bunko artists. On wait, wait, because wait a minute. Because somebody quotes the Bible, they're uh, a Bible beating what bunko artist? <laughs> I mean, a, uh, what you can't you can't be a, a nice, beautiful, faith filled person. What's wrong with somebody with little faith on a Friday night? I love it. We got to have a faith in a lot of things, but uh, you know, I can quote I can quote from the Bible, and it's related to Trump. He that troubleth in his own house shall inherit the wind, and the fool shall be reddened to the hardened mind. Stan, so remember that. Stan, after, after Biden's speech last night, we all got to pray. But go ahead. <laughs> but I think the president's speech, and I said it to you last night, was right on. I think he, he took off the gloves, as I said, and I think it was about time. And, yeah, they're mad. They, they should be mad. This isn't, this isn't a game. This isn't a joke. The democracy is on the line. I agree with the president absolutely. The question is, what are we going to do about it? Okay, are we going to go to war with each other? No. Okay, the harsh reality is, I've been hearing from you that we should try to get together and so forth. And, uh, you know, maybe he should hold out his hand, uh, uh, which he has been doing. But the oh, wait, Stan, 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 that was so distasteful for an American president last night. I mean, to me, it was like my way or the highway. It was so divisive. And I say that, you know, because this wasn't billed as a political campaign speech. This was billed. As a, you know, as a, this is my view of democracy, and if you don't believe in it, you don't deserve to be American. I mean, he basically, he came right out and said that MAGA Republicans are, quote, a threat to the republic. I mean, it doesn't get any more clear than that, Stan. I find that offensive, as I would find offensive if somebody said the same thing about, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that the people on the squad, and you and I have even talked about this. I mean, some of the things they say, you're like, well, what are you kidding me? It's like Sybil, my head spins when I hear them. But I would never say they don't deserve to be, and I would never say, like, you know, they're anti-American, every single one of them, and or anybody believes in them 
uh, should, you know, never come back on to America again. And that's basically what he said, Stan. So, Rita, the other factor is there have been many, not all, who have come around on their own and realized what Donald Trump was. Some of them spoke at the January 6th hearing. I heard someone say, you know, I, I believed in this man, and then I realized he wasn't telling us the truth. I heard that and so forth. I didn't but but Stan, but Stan, there are a lot of people who are also uh, sadly saying the same thing now. Um, and, and I say it sadly because I feel like the country is so divided and Biden did nothing to bridge the gap because there are a lot of people I know uh, that said that they voted for Biden. And after the speech last night, they're not going to vote for him again. They found it so distasteful because he billed himself as the great unifier and a peaceful, kinder president. And there was nothing in that speech that was kinder, that was peaceful, and that was unifying. It was insulting, and, and it turned them off. And so that's where they came from. And those are people who supported Biden before this. Stan, thank you very much. You have a great weekend. Enjoy your muffins and Danish and all that other good stuff, my friend. And coming up, we've got to support our heroes. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a beautiful story coming from Florence, Oregon, where a project has started and now they got off to a great, great way by a group of Florence veterans gathered at the Veterans Memorial Park to celebrate the laying of the final bricks on the Veterans Memorial Wall there. It was the culmination that took place this week of a project that, by the way, started back in 2004 that came to completion due in no small part to the hard work of the veterans community there. Now, the bricks are for the veterans that were laid of almost every war in the United States that the U.S. has fought. There are 20 Civil War veterans. There were three Medal of Honor recipients in that community. That's really impressive, too. Wow. And even a brick for one of our presidents, they wanted to honor Ronald Reagan. And also alongside the Veterans Memorial Park, there's also a row of five flagpoles, each used to display a flag honoring one of the different branches of the U.S. Armed Forces, along with the notation of the date that the branch was established. How wonderful is that? Because so many people will walk by and learn about that history. And by the way, as we know, in 2019, thanks to President Trump, Stan, uh, the U.S. Special uh, Space Force was established, and the veterans on hand stated that they had ordered a flag and an official Space Force flag uh, is going to be happily, hopefully coming soon, uh, that they wish that the public would know, uh, and that as soon as it arrives, they plan to let folks know and have them come out and do a special unveiling of that. Anyway, very, very cool, and how beautiful to see all the veterans and I think one of the greatest presidents of the United States, Ronald Reagan, also honored there in Florence, Oregon. Well, speaking of presidents, I can never imagine uh, President Ronald Reagan doing the kind of speech that we heard last night from President Biden. I'm still kind of trying to get over it all. We've heard different opinions all night long on that. Uh, and boy, everybody is talking about it because it was shocking, divisive, and it was, I just think, inappropriate for a president 
And this is, again, the president that continues to say, no, we didn't know anything about the raid that happened down in Mar-a-Lago. We didn't know anything that the raid was going to happen. We didn't know anything about the investigation. Well, we know the second part for sure is incorrect because they had to get clearance from the Biden White House to waive executive privilege in order for the documents to go to the FBI. And that's basically what opened up the idea of a raid. So. The idea that this White House, the Biden White House, didn't know anything about at least the investigation part is a bunch of blank (laughs) because it ain't true because they definitely did. And the way he spoke last night makes me even more suspicious because he certainly is worried about President Trump and will do anything to try to keep him from regaining the White House. Take a listen. This is President Biden last night. And one of the biggest and I think most divisive speeches in American history. We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. And as you just heard, it was the MAGA Republicans, the Trump this, the MAGA that. Uh, to me, it was just shocking through and through. And it'll be interesting because, by the way, tomorrow President Trump has a rally in Pennsylvania and you know he's going to respond. I can't wait to hear it. It's going to be tomorrow night um, and it'll be really interesting to see how does he fire back of this one. Because, you know, Trump fires back no matter what. If somebody says, hey, his hair is out of place, he fires back. And this was like hair on fire for 20 plus minutes. So I this is going to be like must listen to and radio uh, to hear his response. We're going to be talking about that, by the way, next week, because I will be with you on Labor Day. Uh, so I'm going to try to like labor through the weekend and try to overcome what I heard last night. And then we'll have to see what. Trump says, and we're going to get your thoughts on his response, because I'll be back with you guys on Monday. And I hope all of you guys, by the way, have a great Labor Day weekend. The best part of the weekend is for me to come back and spend it with all of you. For me, that's a that's a great joy. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Anthony on line two. Anthony, your thoughts. Hi, Brita. Thank you so much for taking my call. I just have two quick points. Why are we wasting so much energy hating Donald Trump if Joe Biden won this uh, election so legitimately he should welcome a rematch? Just to sit back and say, hey, see, I told you so. Why are we hating this man so much? Why is he so afraid of Donald Trump? If he won so legitimately, that's an interesting, Anthony, that's a really interesting point. I don't know if I've heard somebody say that that's an interesting turn because he sees what we all see right now. I mean, if you look at, 
first of all, the poll numbers, um, the poll numbers since the raid have dropped for President Biden. I just saw a new one and it dropped again below 40 percent. That's a Reuters poll, which is usually kind of favorable to the Democrats. So he's not in good stead in, in the poll numbers. And two, you go to the rallies. I mean, he doesn't have a really big crowd. He had a, an OK one last night until they panned to the audience. And it was like, like I, I saw, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was 100 people or 200 people like Trump. It's like you see them for miles. He still sees that he has such a loyal audience. And also, he also sees what we were talking about earlier. I mean, look at the economy. Look at what's happening with the border. Look at what's happening with Ukraine. Um, this is like, you know... Trump before said, here is my vision, and here's where I think America is going to go, and here's what I believe in, energy independence, you know, free markets, all these things. Now he can come back and say, look, I did it before. What do you think of how the things have been going the last few years since I've been gone? Are you happier? Do you have more money? Uh, do you feel safer? And I think a lot of people are going to go no, no, and no, and that includes a lot of Democrats too. Anthony, your thoughts? Exactly. One more, one, one last um, point that I'd like to make. About three or four weeks ago, Stan had made a comment about brain dead Republicans, and I, I really took that to heart because I, I, I'm sure you remember it had to have been two or three weeks ago, and and he uh, he came out with that and said something about these brain dead Republicans, and I really. I really resented that, but well, you, you know, the one thing up. I will give Stan, he's consistent because, you know, he's like, you know, he, uh, he seems to have a good smear every single time he calls, but, uh, whether we agree with him or not, Anthony, we, it's, it's always interesting to hear. And I always appreciate everybody's side. And, and I wish, uh, President Biden would be more welcoming to the other side because he clearly didn't show that last night. Um, but Anthony, you're terrific. Thank you very much. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Valeria in Florida. Uh, Valeria, how are you? Hi, Rita. I'm so proud of you for the way you're going um, off on Biden because he is disgusting. He's just showing you what kind of man he is. And for Stan, Stan better watch his mouth when he makes fun of Christians. He's obviously not a Christian, but Abraham Lincoln quoted the Bible in four different areas of his second inaugural speech. And he wanted to bring the country together, and that was his. That was his heart's desire because of the way he loved this country. And it didn't put blame on any of the Confederate soldiers when this was all said and done. And when he gave his speech, his heart's desire was for this country to come together. And Biden and people like Stan, his crazy little sycophant with his nasty little mouth, okay, are the complete opposite. And Biden kept saying last night that the MAGA people are a threat to democracy. We are not a democracy. And you know that, Rita. We are a constitutional republic. But these terrible people that are controlling Biden, they put that in the speech to begin with because they want to change history. They want to turn us into something else. What did you make, Valeria, of the fact that um, a number of, uh, you know, commentators, if you will, and historians. And in fact, uh, Michael Beschloss, who's a noted historian, was on MSNBC, and he basically equated Biden's speech to Lincoln's speech and to the timing of it, and basically the timing of like FDR. And then we also heard earlier tonight, I was playing this comment from Eugene Robinson, a columnist also, who basically said that Biden's speech was a wartime address, like uh, 
like so statesmanlike and like, you know, important to keep the republic together. Like he's the guy that's like he and that speech are what's going to keep the republic together. Like to me, there was nothing um, unifying and nothing um, humbling, um, nothing inspiring, you know, and and um, and on your second part, what you had just brought up about faith. I thought I thought it was beautiful uh, when the caller was talking about faith. And quoting the Bible and, you know, we could use a lot more faith, believe me, given all the things that have been happening in America today. Go ahead, Valeria. Absolutely. Our country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. But if Stan would shut his mouth and open his ears and read a book from the other side, meaning the, the right side of history, he would know that. And you never make fun of another person's religion. You never do. That man that, that, that did quote from the Bible tonight did so from his heart because he loves his country and he loves people. I'm just telling you right now, this, is, this was a gaslighting speech. It was a speech to scare us, and it backfired because he backpedaled today. That crazy old man, Biden, he backpedaled today. Yeah, and in fact, in yeah. fact uh, Valeria, hang on, because I want to play that, too. This is cut 13, um, and this is where he backpedaled today. But, boy, it's like... Like when I watched the backpedal, Valeria, this was shocking too to me because it's like, so what does he have a twin? So like on Thursday night, Bob comes out and what Friday, his twin brother who thinks totally differently shows up at the White House. I mean, this was like alternate universe. Here it is. And I want to get you to react because I think this is interesting. This is he was asked by Peter Ducey, Fox uh, News correspondent. Hey, you know, what do you really think that? All 74 million MAGA Republicans, uh, you know, are a threat to democracy, to the republic. Here's his answer. with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know, because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. All right. So, Valeria, we played both of those back-to-back to highlight a point, because... That was first his response to, oh, no, I didn't say that. And then we literally have him on tape saying it. I, I mean, 
it, to me, I don't know. Is he lying or is he not cognizant, Valeria? Which one? Well, it's part of the gaslighting process that he's been involved with all his life. Don't forget, he's been in trouble in college for plagiarism. He His first campaign for president went down in flames because he's a liar. Okay? He, okay, let's all not forget how he met Jill Biden. She was working on his campaign. They were both married. She was married. I'm, I'm sorry. She was married to another man. He, he, he put the drug addict's son um, out front to collect the money from the Ukrainians and the Chinese. But Valeria, he, Hunter is the smartest guy he knows. That's what Joe Biden has said, that Hunter is the smartest guy he knows, which uh, to me is stunning to hear that comment. It's true, but he's just doing what he's done all his life. And so now to hang on to this power, he's going to gaslight the country and call MAGA Republicans, you know, fascists. And then he changes it to semi-fascist and then he gaslights and then the gas blows up in his face and then he gaslights again and he goes back and forth. Look, he's an enigma. You know why he's an enigma? Because he's at a stage in his life where he's so demented that he's being controlled. So we don't really know. What's coming out of his mouth? Is it the dementia or is it, you know, the things that he remembered to say from the people that are controlling him? All we have to do is keep telling people the facts, what's going on in this country. The crime is out of control. The inflation is out of control. The people coming through the border is out of control. That's what we had. That's what John McLaughlin was telling John Casamitidis today. Donald Trump is the only one that's going through the litany of all the terrible things that's going on in this country. That's what we have to do as Republicans. We just have to keep reminding people that are on the fence or the people that, you know, don't really vote, but they should vote, why you should vote Republican. And by the way, I I mean, both Johns um, are so uh, brilliant um, about politics and what's happening in this country. And when you, you know, you just hit a great point, Valeria, because, um, I think part of what Biden was doing, somebody clearly told him, just like you're saying, that somebody clearly told him, go out there and be as nasty as you can and smear as many magas as you can and keep doing it and keep doing it. Well, he lived up to that one. Whoever told him that one, you know, he lived up to that. And I think part of it is, just like you said, part of it is a bit of a distraction, too, because You know, for the White House this week, I mean, this has been like the weirdest week because we had President Biden earlier in the week talking about police, where he's like, fund the police, support the police. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is the same guy who was like, keep on protesting, you know, and his, you know, vice president was supporting the rioters, basically telling everybody to donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund during the 2020. You know, so it was like that motion happened. And then we heard from Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, earlier in the week. And when Peter Ducey, same reporter that you just heard there from Fox News, Peter goes up and he asks Corinne Jean-Pierre about the border and how wide open it is and the fact that, you know, the vaccine with Nova Djokovic and the whole thing with the U.S. Open and how can he can come, but you can cross the border with the disease and everything else. And she's like, well, what do you think? Do you think they're just crossing the border, Peter? They don't just walk here. She literally said that. And every single person who has spent any time at the border, every single border official who certainly knows better than anybody, uh, they're like, they, they called her a liar. 
That's they literally called her a liar all week because they are walking across the border. You see the videos. You see it every single day. They're not just walking; they're swimming. <laughs> they're you know, they're running towards the border, but they're coming, you know, and they continue to come. And it's so I called this week like almost like the alternate universe week for the Democratic Party and for the White House. Because between all of those comments, it's like they want us to forget that there were people saying, def- you know, defund the police that still say defund the police. They want us to forget what's going on the border. They want us to forget about inflation. They want us to forget about crime. And the problem is these things are so obvious they're still here. So that's bad news for Biden. And I think some of this was an attempt, Valeria, to smear it, try to change the topic and do whatever he can um, you know, and maybe keep on smearing. I think his tactic, somebody, some political consultant uh, who's not as smart as John McLaughlin clearly came out and said, you know what, uh, if you smear Trump, maybe it'll help you. And I think it just offended people. And I think I hope that this speech gets played over and over and over again in every single campaign ad across this country, because I think it was unbelievably revealing. And that's not a good thing for this president. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. On this great Friday night on The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And I do remember when rock was young. Me and a lot of people had a lot of fun. And it's Friday night because we are having fun here on the Rita Cosby Show. Unfortunately, there's not a lot to laugh at after Biden's speech last night. Boy, was it a mess. And also, everybody, too, I love all of you because I know how much you care about our veterans and care about our great heroes And I hope all of you, by the way, uh, join my team because I am going to be a part of the Tunnels to Towers 5K walk run in New York City again this year. I love this organization. They are so great. It's on Sunday, September 25th. And everybody, I need your help. So help us to remember those lost on 9-11 as we retrace FDNY firefighters Stephen Siller's final footsteps together. Uh, it's very simple to support my team. All the proceeds go to Tunnels to Towers Foundation. It's one of the greatest organizations that helps our wounded veterans and so many others. Here's what you do. You go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com, walk.ritacosbyonline.com. Donate to my team. I'm trying to raise the most money here on the Red Apple Audio Network And I want to thank all of you for your support and everything you do. I know how much you love our veterans, as I do so deeply. And again, come and be a part of the largest 5K walk run in New York City and really around the country. Go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com and donate today and help this incredible, incredible organization. And let me go to Phil on line one. Phil, you are a veteran. So I was like, I got to go to you, my friend. Go ahead. Well, 60 seconds tells the truth. First of all, why do you think the price of uh, gasoline and oil is dropping? Well, it's simple. The uh, United States government is importing hundreds of thousands of barrels an hour from uh, Venezuela and the Middle East, and it's low-grade oil. It's what they call 70-80 oil. It's got to be refilled and refurbished and filtered again and again. And dirty, uh, Phil, dirty, as you talk about. That's interesting, too. killing the cracking plants. They've got to put it in three or four times to get anything out of it. 
The second thing is all these soldiers and red, red, red backgrounds on Biden's stage. What does that tell you? Well, you know what it does? Go watch a thing about Gorbachev or, or uh, Putin. It's the same backdrop, soldiers in red, soldiers in red. The other thing is, too, is that in, in a in an proceeding... Yeah, real Trump, quick, Phil. ...going Phil. against an administrative arm of the government, the FBI. No, that's... that's a, Phil, that's a great point. Sorry, we're up against a heartbreak. Call us back on Monday, my friend. Thank you, everybody.